podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all that thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. Hello and welcome back to episode, I think, 85 of the This Numbers podcast. As per usual, a big shout out to those who listened to the previous weeks. A fairly controversial one, but I'm very happy that it got a lot of discussion um, going. Me, Daryl, my friend is a therapist, Niga True, a creative somebody. We discussed issues as it pertains to men, how it's depicted in the media, we discussed patriarchy, quote-unquote opening up, mental health, problem-solving solutions, valuation society, all that type of stuff. So make sure you check the episode out. It's on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. So you got, and Google Podcasts as well. So you got virtually every possible platform you can listen to it on. Um, apologies for my voice. I have not been well for the past few days. I tried to delay this as long as possible so I can sound better but the devil had other ideas so unfortunately you're gonna have to take Macy Gray version of me you hear me anyway episode 85 we are going to discuss I say we like I'm talking to other people in the venue now it's just me but I'm gonna discuss UBI a thing called universal basic income I'm not sure how many of you have heard of this. You may have seen it in passing, but never really been bothered to, you know, really pay attention. And of course, like, it doesn't seem like something you should pay attention to. But universal universal basic income is something that's been quite a hot debate for the last two, three years. Um, a lot of people from the left side of the political spectrum are very keen on seeing it implemented in certain Western societies. So I thought it would be a good idea to introduce it and discuss is this, is this a viable solution for some of the discrepancies we see in society today? So what the hell is universal basic income? Universal basic income is the regular payment made to every citizen of a country or territory with some differences in amounts by demographic factors such as age. So this is a definition I got from the JFR Foundation. And also a shout out to my researcher, gave me a good, good, good gist this week. Um, the idea is pretty simple. All adults will receive a no strings attached sum. I know some of us are big fans of things that require no strings. But yeah, all adults will receive a no strings attached sum from the state to cover the basic cost of living. This numerical sum it's paid to everyone, regardless of how rich you are, if you've got a job or not, if you're single, you got mar- you're married, or any other circumstances. This is essentially an unconditional safety net. And some argue that in, it will go a long way to ensure that nobody, nobody lives in poverty. And then this will enable more creative and entrepreneurial spirits to be activated because now you don't have to worry about you know getting a job or just being able to pay bills doing a job that you don't really want to do but you feel like you have an entrepreneurial or creative skill but obviously as being an entrepreneur you don't have that guaranteed income straight from the get-go unless you're extremely fortunate so this is some of the belief 
behind this. Um, so, we discuss universal basic income. So it'd be a good idea to see where, if anywhere, it's currently being implemented. So far, we haven't really seen universal basic income implemented on a mass scale in a way that some advocates are um, protesting how they want it to be implemented. But there has been some trials on a, on a lot smaller scale. So if you look at countries such as Finland, um, India, Namibia and Africa, even the United States, I'm not sure if I've mentioned Canada already, they each use different methods of UBI and, a kind, and they've, of course, naturally with different methods and in different regions with different cultures, you're likely to get different results. So if we take Finland, for example, in 2017 of January, the Nordic Nation began paying a random but mandatory sample of 2,000 unemployed people in between the ages of 25 to 58, a monthly fee of 560 euros, which is about 475 pounds. This payment is of no strings attached. There's no obligation for you to go and seek employment. And the trial lasts about two years. And anyone, and even if you bag a job, let's say in month three, you bag a job at a bank, you're getting 50,000 euros a year. You'll still receive that same UBI payment of 560 euros additionally for the remaining period in that two year time frame. The Finland trial cost around 20 million euros and the purpose was to see whether an unconditional income might incentivize people to take up paid work and you know i'm a big proponent of once you once you tamper with incentives you tamper with the behaviors of people because incentive drives behavior you give somebody a good incentive to do something they're like they're more likely to do it without the incentive there so this was to shed light on whether unemployed Finns are put off by taking the taking up a job by the fear of higher marginal tax rate may leave them worse off. So they're thinking, hmm, if I get a job with the higher marginal tax rate, should I even take it in the first place? Because after all my deductions, I might even better off once I factor in the extra hours I've worked, the difficulty of it, then you minus the tax. Is it worth it? Many are also deterred by having to reply, reapply for benefits after every casual or short-term contract as well. So obviously after they might get like a, a, a young two-week or six-week contract and then they have to go through the whole period of, you know, applying for benefits again because that contract is now gone. Unfortunately for us, the data of the trial isn't fully available yet, but participants have reported that it has increased their incentive to find work. Earlier this year, the Finn the Finn man them were saying that well the government they had rejected a proposal to extend the experiment. So this experiment will run to the end of this year, twenty eighteen. The Finnish government they'll probably wait for the results and see what the results say before making any decisions about a wider rollout. So we can't really tell too much. We actually have to see the hardline data. So Let's talk about UBI in the UK before we discuss if it's a good idea or not. So, universal basic income in the UK. So, shout out to my researcher, gave me some good, good gist, and I've been looking at a couple things that universal basic income is highly expensive, by the way. Okay, so if we're looking at 
how universal basic income will cost the UK in different scenarios. And that's when you tamper with the generosity. So the generosity is how large the payments are essentially. So if you increase or decrease generosity, and then if you restrict the eligibility for people to the access for UBI. How you can restrict the access to UBI is you can restrict via age. So people under the age of 16 and anyone over the age and and anyone over the age of the state pension age. So that's what, 65? And it can also be done by rewarding it to households. So instead of individuals, you get households and obviously that will reduce the number amount of claimants because there could be four four claimants in one household when you could just wrap that into one. So you're looking at three different scenarios. You're looking at working age adults, so that's between the ages of 16 and 64. All adults, that's ages of 16 and above and just all households, so just the households of the UK. So um, I'm going to attach some data to the um, podcast description so you can look at this for yourself. So for those who are a bit are people who are a bit more visual than being read out to. So I'm going to go through the different payout generosity. So the least generous is £2,000. If the UK was to implement this system, this, um, sorry, this um, project to work in age adults, that will cost them £82 billion a year. And if we're looking at context, if you take 2017, the UK government spent around £264 billion on welfare. So the UK government's already spending £264 on £264 billion on welfare. And that's like what, 34%? Like a third of the government spending period. So this £82 billion will essentially be what? Like 11% of government spending. And this is obviously going to be people arguing for this to be an additional expenditure. So that's this is, the by the way, the bottom generosity. Now, if we're looking at all adults over the age of 16 years old, that number jumps up to £104 billion, which is not far off to, on how much the government spends on pensions. The government spent last year around £111 million billion on pensions. And if you're looking at household, the numbers is like half of that, really. Um, 52 billion pounds now if we up the generosity to, um, to okay let me give you the median one 6,240 a year which is about 520 pounds per month so think 520 pounds a month for every working age adult will cost the government 255.8 billion pounds <laughs> So that's even more than what we spend on welfare, period. If you're looking at all adults over the age of 16, 325 billion. And if you're looking at households, 163 billion. So again, this is enormous amounts of expenditure. And obviously the most generous one is 20,000 pounds a year, which is damn near salary. So you're looking at what? Like a hundred, one thousand, seven hundred, like one thousand, everything, one thousand six hundred, one thousand seven hundred pounds uh, a month. If you give that to every working age adult, that is a calm eight, <laughs> eight hundred and twenty billion to every adult over the age of sixteen, a trillion dollar, a trillion pounds, and every household half a trillion. 
So obviously that's just absurd that nobody's doing that. So universal basic income is an extremely, an extraordinary pricey, pricey, pricey project. So are we for or are we against UBI? So in terms of arguments for universal basic income, the impact on poverty. So if you're, if you're, let's take the example of somebody who's earning minimum wage. So you're looking at £14,000 per annum. Slap that 12 rack um, additional universal basic income. And that will take that individual from the bottom 10% of earners to the, to the medium earner for the UK. And this is significant because not only are you increasing somebody's income, they also benefit from the non-financial factors of a higher income. So you're looking at things like the higher likelihood of your children being in a better area, going to a better school. So that's increasing the prosperity of, prosperity of your children. Less likely to be um, a committer of crime. So you're less likely to be involved in crime period because you're in better areas potentially. Higher, this higher income also leads to things like better physical health and better mental health. So there's that's really the key driver behind people's passion for universal basic income, how it can help reduce inequality. So the, the argument is that it will hugely reduce inequality, relieving the increasing pressures on those at the bottom end of the income scale in the UK. And they've definitely seen their benefits slash and benefit slash we've got a, a lot of talk with the universal credit um for example the labor party spearheaded by corbyn he really really is not a fan of universal um universal credit and we've and i've told this much listeners that wage has been stagnating for about two decades so with the threat of potential automation some people believe that this is a good idea even though, actually I'll give you my conclusion points at the end. Also, basic in, universal basic income will contribute to less working hours and better distribution of jobs. The theory of that is that people now have an option to reduce their working hours, where some people believe I have to mash 30 to 35 to 40, work, 40 hours a week just to make sure that my bills are covered. People now have the ability to spend more time than other meaningful, meaningful things, whether that may be Fathers spending more time with their children or just parents spending more time with their children, being able to send their children to different clubs or being able to, or even individuals being able to get involved in hobbies, more physical activity, increasing their health, or especially to the more creative entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial type people to actually engage in their entrepreneurial creative activities because they have more time. And this universal basic income has helped cover the bills that they've been worried about anyway. So there's a lot of belief that this at the macroeconomical level will induce a better distribution of jobs because people are reducing their working hours, maybe because they just don't really like their job as much, and that will provide better opportunity for those looking for those type of jobs in the labour market. And currently those jobs won't be in the labour market because those hours have been allocated to the individuals. Also, another argument is that it will provide a secure safety net for people. If everybody's, let's say, for example, the £12,000 a year example, if everybody's guaranteed to have, like, £1,000 every month, that can cover certain bills and maybe accommodation. So you have at least some form of safety net in addition to whatever income you manage to scrape together. 
Most existing means-tested anti-poverty schemes exclude people because of their complexity or because they, or people don't even know how to apply or, where, or, or where to, whether they even qualify. With basic income, people currently excluded from benefit allowances will automatically have their rights guaranteed. And universal basic income will reward unpaid contributions to society. So that's the argument for it. Now, the argument's against... UBI is hella expensive, unproven experiment that will reduce the incentive to work and encourage dependence on the state, which will ruin the economy and bankrupt the state. Very dramatic, but I've run through the figures. I just told you how expensive that is. UBI, UBI will also undermine social cohesions. Individuals' gain will not only come from income, but from meaning. So you're talking skills, friendships, status, network, and that comes through going out and actually working the linked income and work oh yeah it can reward people for staying at yard but then you're really looking at rubbing and erasing part of the social fabric like you go out you work like you earn a living type of thing crime drugs broken families and other socially destructive outcomes are more likely in places with higher unemployment simple as also, UBI undermines incentives to participate in the working society. What it does is really just kind of gives like a headline solution to political and corporate leaders and just kind of basically pushing back the discussion about the future of jobs, especially with technology and how jobs don't seem to be created at a mass rate anymore. There's quite a few high-profile uh, people that back the initiative from Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Facebook. You've got Elon Musk, the CEO of Tesla. Bernie Sanders, he um, ran for... Well, he was trying to run for president, but obviously the Democratic Party shagged him and they shoehorned the Russian name Hillary Clinton in, who lost. I'm so ashamed about her. So they are big proponents of UBI. A survey last year by Dahlia Research found that 68% of people across all 28 EU member states will definitely or probably vote in favour of some form of universal basic income, which guaranteed money with no means test or requirement to work. Obviously, as a civilian, you're going to be quite likely to vote for an additional income boost to yourself without actually having to do anything for it, which obviously makes perfect sense. So, let's actually evaluate... What's going on? My personal opinion is that universal basic income is such an, at this juncture, an idiotic and lazy ideology simply because it is so expensive. I've given you the figures, like, it's costing, unless it's going to replace the current welfare state, which we spend approximately 200 and something billion pounds a year, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. You're essentially almost doubling the amount we spend on welfare, which is crazy. Now, if you look at some of the... Okay, so if you look at the OECD, the Organization of Economic Co Cooperation Development, they concluded in a detailed study, in a detailed study that a universal basic income paid at a flat rate to all citizens would fail to reduce poverty levels in advanced economies and require substantially higher taxes to fund its simplicity which is pretty common sense. Like, in more advanced economies, like in the Western world, 
what is it really going to do to turn to solve poverty? And it's going to cost bucket loads, absolute bucket loads. You're going to have to increase taxes quite significantly. The study also noted that social security systems in advanced economies vary, very greatly. And so much is targeted on the poor rather than others. Also, if you look at, I was looking at a study by the Centre of Social Justice, they even concluded that a generous UBI programme is so expensive that it will require a significant reduction in provision of other social services and protections, including healthcare, education, pensions and houses. We remain sceptical of whether a UBI pay would offer better support than universal credit. A generous UBI payout of 16320 annually is less than an unemployed single parent with two children will be entitled to through universal credit. So even still, if you look at current systems, it still doesn't really match up. It's like, I just, it's just so, to me, it's just such a lazy thing. Oh, there's people poor. Let's just slap everybody some Frito and then that should sort it. No. No, it's way too lazy. Poverty, especially in advanced countries such as the United Kingdom, is way more complex and diverse than just people not having money. And contrary to popular belief, throwing money at situation doesn't solve it. Especially the money has to come from somewhere. The money really has to come from somewhere. I would really, really love to discuss universal basic income and universal credit in more detail. So even with people who are not into economics, even if you're more somebody who's got a history of um, sociology, please hit me up so we can discuss this further, especially elections. I don't know when elections will be coming up, but this is something that definitely needs to, be, to get more coverage from my podcast as well, as well as wider society. But yeah, that is it for this week's podcast on UBI. Thank you for all those listening. Please make sure you listen to my previous week's podcast. I think it might be one of my most important podcasts ever. Please follow on Spotify if you have Spotify. Make sure you follow so the podcast comes straight to your joint. Apple Podcasts, hit a nice subscribe button, preferably five-star rating as well. And SoundCloud, make sure you follow me on SoundCloud and repost. And definitely tell your friends about my podcast. That will be very, very helpful. But yeah, thank you for listening, everybody. Until next week, God bless. Sports Social Podcast Network.